Okay, what's broken? His leg bone and his tailbone. His arm bone and his head bone. If you're comfortable, then you know, I may just touch you on your elbow or something. What? But there's a snake over there. There's a snake over there. And you know, I don't know if it bit a guy, but I don't want to be that close to it. Wow, they gave me the brown noser pedestrian today. Where are you going with that knife? <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd get yeah, you with that yeah. one. Better get down, gonna dance, good friend. Chicka chick, jabba jabba. How much do I offend you? Well, friends of mine know that I don't like you. Oh, that's nice. Why are you, you know, always angry? Once there was this prince, he came from, like, Syria, okay? And he lived with some peaceful monkeys outside his aunt's boyfriend's cabin and had an old sheepdog named Paco Sinbad. Look, I brought you a potion, and it's gonna work great because it'll make you run, and you brought your potion, right? Ooh, I think your breath is... Oh, maybe it's like a, a dead rodent. Oh, what kind of rodent? A dead rabbit or something. That happens when I drink sauce. That's all that was. What is the best job you could imagine without a wig? This dodgeball? You know how great it is. Like I always said, these waffles are gourmet. Hmm, I like strong pickles, but not the funk house kind, all right? I'll toss them out. It's a tiger. Oh, look out. I have your money. You're supposed to pay me back there. No, because that, that uh, the German guy, Rolf, he told me I could pay you by the sock shed. Who am I seeing? Vivian. Oh, she just saw me. Go, go, go. So wait, you're saying if you don't like her, then you buy a girl a second-hand handbag? This morning, uh, Shelly and I were at a pastor's conference last week, and some of the pastors from other states, they said, man, I bet you're really worried about your attendance on Sunday in Denver. Nobody's going to come to church. I said, oh, you don't know Orchard Church. We embrace the Broncos here at Orchard Church, and we're going to have a good time. Amen? And uh, man, you can thank those that came to the 8.30 service because we're pretty full again, but it was like standing room only in the 8.30 service this morning. We were packed out, another full service. And you know, we believe here at Orchard Church that church can be fun, right? It's okay for church to be fun. One of our values at Orchard Church is this. We're willing to do things no one else is doing to reach people no one else is reaching. And we already had some people that accepted Christ in our first service this morning. So can we just celebrate that right now? Praise God for that. So right now, I know some of y'all are here because you want to win some Broncos gear, because obviously you don't have enough Broncos gear already. So who would like to have some Broncos gear? Let's first of all, so get your tickets out. But first of all, I've got some little Broncos squishy footballs. Who would like one of these? If you want one, stand up, stand up. I want to see if I can hit somebody in the middle section. Oh, just a little to the right, a little to the right. All right, how about over here? I see some people over there, Broncos football. I hope Demarius Thomas catches better than that today. Let's see. How about right here in the middle? Uh, let's see. I got one more. I'm going up top. I'm going up top. 
All right, give those guys a hand. Good job. All right, we got some giveaways right now. These are some really nice Nike AFC Championship Super Bowl T-shirts from Dick's Sporting Goods. These are nice. So get out your tickets, and we're going to give some T-shirts away. And then we got something really special to give away. So take out your tickets. Watch your numbers. You ready? Here they go for the first shirt. Three. Okay. If you don't at least have three, you're in big trouble. Seven. Eight. One. One. Seven. One, one, seven are the last three. Right here? We'll go right here. All right. This might be a little big on you, but you can take it back to Dixon and get a little bit smaller one. There you go. Give her a hand. Good job. All right. Uh, here's another one. Ready? For another AFC Championship Super Bowl shirt. Three, seven, seven. Nine. Oh. Six. Four. Nine, six, four. Last three. Nine, six, four. Okay, I'll keep that one. No nine, six, four. Last three. Nine, six, four. All right, we'll do another one. Three. Seven seven nine eight one. The last three numbers are nine eight one. Rick plays in our worship team. Give that to Rick. All right, I got one more. One more AFC Championship Super Bowl shirt. Here we go. Three seven seven nine six. Man, it's torn on the top. Looks like a one. Nine six one. Nine six one. Last three. Nine six one. Going once, going twice, nine, six, one, last three, nobody, nobody? All right, stir them up, stir them up, stir them up. They're like, stir them up, stir them up. Okay, I'm going to the bottom, I'm going to the very bottom. All right, here it is. Three, seven, seven. There should be more people than that excited. Okay, five, five, three. Five, five, three, right here, lady up there, all right. Somebody take this to her. Kevin, you get that to her there. All right. We got one more item, and we saved the best for last. We got a Nike Peyton Manning jersey. This is the real deal, okay? Not the cheap stuff. Well over $100. So who would like this? Who would like a Peyton Manning jersey? All right. Now, first service, we, we had Scott Norby. He's a Seattle Seahawks fan. He was like in the final running. We weren't going to give it to him. And we, we said, if you win it, you got to wear it every Broncos game next year. But the Lord spoke, and he didn't win. So that was good. All right. 377. Here's the last three for the Peyton Manning jersey. Nine. If you're still in, stand up. If you're still in, stand up. The first of the last three is nine, okay? Next number is six. Sit down if you're still... Okay, who's still in? We got... Nobody's oh, still in? Who's still in? There's one more number. Anybody still in? Nine. Nine, six, nine are the last three. Nine, six, nine. Nine, six, nine. Marcy, all. <laughs> Nine six nine. Nobody. Nobody. 
Well, I've been wanting a backup, so that sounds good. I'll just keep... No, we'll try another. We'll try another one. All right, I'm going down. I'm going down. Here we go. All right. Three, seven, seven. Here's the last three. Four. Five. Three. Four, five, three. Right here, Brian. Brian. He is... A, I know him. He is a true Bronco fan. So let's give it up for him. Good job. Congratulations to all those who won something. Listen, we're going to have a lot of fun today, but uh, we're also going to um, watch a video right now that is, is so powerful and so moving. It's going to speak to so many of you guys in, in a very real and a special way. Uh, this is a video of some NFL players sharing their testimony and what God has done in their life. We're going to hear from Drew Brees. We're going to hear from Thomas Davis. And uh, it's going to be an awesome, incredible uh, video that I want you guys to watch. And so I'm going I'm to warn you now, have your Kleenex ready for the end. But you're gonna, this could be a real blessing to you guys. Because, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday, it all comes down to this. toward, moving away. We are moving with and moving without. And our unique journeys bring us to places that demand a decision from us. Places that will not allow us to remain on the same path or to travel the same journey. These are the places that define us and challenge us and give us the choice to walk in new directions that take endurance, faith, and courage. These are the moments filled with God. These are the invitations to become changed forever. Because for all people here, and for every person alive, it all comes down to this. Welcome to Football Sunday 2016. Players, coaches, owners, have worked a lifetime to compete on a stage like this. Each journey's been different, but they've all come to their own personal crossroads more than once. And for them, it all comes down to this. I'm at the site of Super Bowl 50, Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California. You're about to hear powerful and inspirational stories from NFL players. You'll get to know them not just as football players, but as regular people that have the same challenges and struggles as the rest of us. So buckle up and hold on, because friends, it all comes down to this. Thomas Davis is a linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, and he's playing in today's Super Bowl. Thomas went through something that just didn't make sense for an elite athlete to go through. It really tested his courage and his faith. I'm excited to share a story with you. This is Thomas Davis. For me, it was all about, God, why is this happening to me? 
In the off season, you know, I do a lot of work in the community. On an off day, I'm volunteering to help the kids out, encourage them to not be afraid to come in and get the screenings done. I get the screening done to get the kids excited, and then the doctor says, oh, you have a condition. Find out that I have an abnormal coronary artery. They say you find this out two ways, by doing the procedure that I had done, or you find out through an autopsy after you've already passed. My heart dropped, you know, just fell into my stomach, and I'm not even thinking about football. I'm thinking about my husband having a heart condition. Come to find out, no one has ever come back from open heart surgery to play the game. Let's pray about it. You know, maybe, maybe you won't have to have it. And there's like three doctors that are telling us that it's not an option. He's got to have open heart surgery. We prayed about it. You know, ask God if there's a way to prevent me having to have surgery. So we send the test results to Emory. We send it to Cleveland. They came to the conclusion that if something was going to happen to me and I was going to pass, it would have already happened to me. You don't just go from one day to them setting up a surgery to two days later to, oh, you don't have to have surgery. I know that that was God. Best season of my NFL career. Halfway through the season, we're playing in New Orleans. Make one simple move, break to the right, and my knee goes out. Drew Brees is taking the Saints down the field. I got to figure out a way to get back in this game. But at this time, our trainers, they knew that it was ACL. It was one of the worst experiences ever. You know, going from, you know, playing extremely well, being at the highest level, and, you know, to be humble just like that in one single play. Go on, have surgery. The knee has recovered well. I'm strong. I'm fast. First day back doing the linebacker drills and feel the same pain in my knee that I felt in New Orleans. And instantly I knew. I rehabbed that second knee injury. Come back two games into the season. They're making a drive. I go to make a tackle. One of our linemen doing his job ends up leg whooping me. It's the third ACL. It's torn again. Three ACL tears in three years. I didn't think that I would continue to be able to continue to play. In this game, guys don't get that opportunity. I had to be strong. The only way that I could do that was to talk to God, was to pray to God. And if he needed to cry on my shoulder, then that's what, let him cry, let him get it out. And once he got it out, it was no stopping him. <laughs> it was no stopping him. strategically set all of that up for me to win the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, for me to be a light to them, for me to display everything that had gone on in my life for someone else to see. And whether it motivates one person or a thousand people, it's all been worth it and I wouldn't change a single thing that has happened in my life. God knew that by this happening to me, I could motivate other people to continue to want to fight and want to push through the injuries or whatever they may face in life because it's, it's already been written. 
You just have to follow the process. Be willing to stick it out. You have to be obedient and you have to listen to God. I love that. Here's a story about a man who's at the crossroads of either quitting or moving forward. And maybe that's where you're at today. We all fall, right? Sometimes it's really hard. But what if the world needs you to get back up? And even though you'll have some scar tissue, what if you refuse to stay down? memory was uh, two years ago when we went to the Super Bowl in New York. It was almost like a movie and um, you know to know that I was uh, able to participate in that it was a blessing. It's you know humbling to be a part of and just you know you, you realize how many people have never even you know gotten close to that and, and it's just an honor to be there it's awesome. This year the Super Bowl falls on my birthday and I'm from um, Louisiana in the year that the Saints won the Super Bowl was on my birthday so I feel like I had that, that good luck to actually be planning it on my birthday is pretty pretty great. It's been 11 years for me, and uh, this is my first time ever making the Super Bowl, so uh, the model of hard work pays off. Uh, it's, it's really big, and uh, just excited to play in this game. since I was about five or six and been playing it essentially my whole life and I love the team capacity of it the brotherhood um, the locker room things like that I think that's what makes uh, that's what makes this game really fun more than anything I'm just excited to be able to do it with this group of guys we have a great locker room we have a great group of uh, teammates a great group of men and it's just it's a pleasure to be able to enjoy that ride with, with this group of guys everybody dreamed of this moment as a kid and to just be here now and you know, even for, for me, you know, I got, I was here last year, then I signed with Tennessee, and I got released, and I came back here, so it's just been a blessing. Yeah. I mean, it's everything you dream of, you know, as a kid, so uh, to be able to live up to it and finally get to that stage, you know, you just got to make sure we capture it, because it's nothing if you don't capture it. As an ex-NFL quarterback, I understand and appreciate the journey to the Super Bowl. But all of us appreciate how hard it is to face the uncertainty of a big decision. We just want to be in control. Drew Brees is a future Hall of Fame quarterback that trusted Christ in the midst of the biggest professional decision of his life. This is a story. go to Sunday school, um, you enjoy hearing the, the, the Bible stories, and then you go uh, to, you know, the big the big sermon, the big church, and you sit there and I'm just, you know, me and my brother just kind of hitting each other, just wondering when it's going to get over. <laughs> the second to last game of the season, third round of the playoffs, um, I was the starting quarterback. Um, I suffered a torn ACL in my knee. It was devastating devastating for me junior high school too this was when 
You're supposed to get recruited and just all of these things. I had to wait to have surgery for a month because they had to let the MCL heal before they repaired the ACL. And then I was still on crutches and it was just, I'd hit that point. I had seen friends have that injury and never come back quite the same. So what I thought was just going to be my life, sports, I felt like was being stripped away from me. And I remember sitting in church on my 17th birthday and sitting in that same pew where my brother and I used to just goof around and never pay attention. And for some reason that day, it was different. And I was locked in um, on the pastor as he was sitting there talking about how the Lord was looking for a few good men to carry on his kingdom, to spread his word and to live the life that, that he had planned for them. And that spoke to me. And it was at that moment that I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and knew that there was something that was bigger planned for me than just sports. fifth season, going into an off season in which I did not have a contract, I was going to be a free agent. I get hurt the very last game of the 2005 season with the San Diego Chargers. I've never dislocated anything in my life, but I knew exactly what happened. And I knew too that besides maybe like a broken neck or something, that that is the absolute worst injury that I could ever have asked for for a quarterback. As I'm walking off the field with my shoulder stuck like this because it was dislocated, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm probably never going to put on a Charger uniform again. And then it hits me that, you know, I might not ever play football again. A few short months later, uh, my wife and I were taking a visit to uh, New Orleans, uh, who was six months post-Katrina. And we're just looking at the, the sheer devastation and just saying, I'm not going to trust what I see with my eyes here because my eyes are telling me not to come here. <laughs> and yet my heart, my soul, the Lord is telling me that this is our calling. Uh, it's not about just coming to play football and be a part of the resurgence of a, a football team or an organization, but it's about the resurrection and rebirth of a city and we can be a part of that. We score, the Colts are driving, we get the interception, we go score, now we're up 14 with three minutes left, and yet you're still thinking, I know Peyton Manning, I know this this team. In your mind, you're going through all these scenarios of what you're going to have to do still, and then we get the ball back um, to basically take a knee to win the game, and it wasn't until that moment that, all right, we are world champions. I think we as, as people, we want to see and touch and feel in order for it to be real for us. And yet, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I'll tell you, you'll be led by faith and not by sight. You know, so much of life is that. It's, it's faith in God, knowing that he's got a plan. And at times you don't understand it and you're not going to see it. Um, and yet you just have to trust and you have to have faith. Walking by faith, it's easier said than done. But maybe God's calling you to something that's bigger than you, that has tons of risk and uncertainty. And maybe your heart's just pounding inside right now because you know God is asking you to put fear aside and take the next step. And maybe for you, it all comes down to this. I know Jesus to be... Um personally my best friend my father um, my provider just pretty much everything I need just teaching me walking me through how to trust him I get down on my knees every 
every night and just thank him for this opportunity because because it's a blessing. The, the main thing that he showed me so far throughout my life is just to come to him when I'm at my lowest moments. Never forget him and never lose sight of him. Jesus Christ has always been, you know, the center of my foundation of who I am. And so you give everything to him and you and you trust in him knowing that, you know, he's a, a higher power. He can be a friend when you need a friend. He can be your father. He can be your mother. Whatever you, whatever you lack, he can be that supplement to your life. The biggest thing that he's kind of uh, working so on me is that uh, my identity is not in football. My identity is in, in God, and I'm in. I get to enjoy that sort of identity as uh, a child of God through the relationships with my teammates. Through it all, you know, I never lost faith. I never lost sight of what was important in life, and that's to continue to always follow Christ and um, keep Christ as the head of my household. Gosh has been, you know, blessed me everywhere now. You know, it's, it's not just at home, it's on the field. Gosh has been amazing and just blessed me. He has a plan, you know, and you gotta trust, uh, you gotta trust in his plan. I don't always understand his plan, you know, sometimes I, I, I'd like to, and I'd like to try to figure out where I'm going and what I'm doing. But again, he has the master plan, and you kind of got to have uh, faith. Many of you know Trent Dilfer as a Super Bowl winning quarterback with the Baltimore Ravens and now football analyst with ESPN, but you don't know him as a dad and a husband. I want to introduce to you my friend Trent Dilfer. This is his story. In 2003, my son Trevin, was five and a half at the time. We were at Disneyland for a family vacation. And uh, we went down to Disneyland doing the Disneyland thing, and he gets a cold. You have four kids, kids get sick, it's never fun, but you kind of develop a rhythm for when they're gonna bounce back. And uh, he wasn't bouncing back. Uh, even on the ride home, you know, we couldn't cheer him up. He got real listless, real, like, had no energy, and his skin color was different. So we take him to the emergency room, and. They weren't real worried. They did some blood work and they, they gave him a bunch of fluids and, you know, they said he was dehydrated. And, and maybe they were going to look at him overnight because there were some possible signs in the blood work of some hepatitis possibilities. And, but it was like one of those, okay, everything's fine. I mean, nobody was panicked. So I was to go home and, uh, and be with the other three girls. It's not, I mean, I'm not home for five minutes. I get this call that, hey, uh, on the way to the hospital, your son's heart stopped. I run in and, and the, the first thing I remember seeing is a team of doctors um, all hovering over my son and, you know, trying to resuscitate him. Shortly thereafter, Dr. Rush said, oh, great news. We had one nurse that was able to keep his heart pumping enough for us to put this ECMO unit on him which is a heart-lung bypass machine. Over the next, I want to say, six to eight hours, it became, but he can't stay on this unit here. He has to be transported. All the medical transport units for this machine are in Iraq because we just started the war. 
He can go to Stanford, he can go to University of Michigan, but we can't get him to either. My great friend drove us in the Suburban behind the ambulance, and it was the worst two and a half hour drive in the history of the world, because every bump you went over, we weren't sure if he made it. And now he's in ICU. He's on this heart-lung bypass machine. Uh, we set up what they called Camp Trevin. Uh, at Lucille Packard, and with so many people that just loved us, they basically just stopped their lives. I mean, that's where I. So many people laid down their lives, um, in a sense, to love on us and to care for us in this time. And, and uh, he was on this machine for 40 days at Stanford. this little back room, these cots at Lucille Packard. We went back there, we prayed together, and she goes, can you leave me alone for a little bit? And I said, sure, and I walked out. I've never heard a, a, a scream of more pain than I heard from her. It was like through two walls into another room, and she was crying out to God. I was so amazed that she had the maturity to be willing to scream out to God. And I, I'm not here to say it's not, but what's equally awesome is that we have a God that um, volunteered that for his son on our behalf. I mean, people say, why would you believe in this Jesus? Like, come on. And, and I, the cynics, and I, I get it. And I simply say, you have no idea. I've experienced a peace during the greatest time of loss any parent could ever have that is so real. I mean, truly, I feel like it washes over me at times. Losing your child is probably the most horrible feeling for a parent because the very reason we have children, having three myself, is to love them, care for them, and walk with them through the ups and downs. For the same reason, the most loving parent there ever was, God the Father, created you and me so he could, in the context of a relationship, love us, care for us, and walk with us through our ups and downs. God wants to have a spiritual relationship with you through which he can talk to you, encourage you, guide you, and love you. The problem is our sin, our desire to do what we want, pushes God away 
and destroys that relationship. Unless our sin is removed, we cannot have the relationship that we were intended to have with our Heavenly Father. Because sin is a spiritual offense against God, it carries with it a spiritual penalty of death. Unfortunately, our sin can only be removed if someone pays for it with their life. So for God the Father, it all came down to whether He would leave us trapped in our sin with no hope of being forgiven and no hope of having a relationship with Him. Or, as Trent said, volunteer His Son to die on our behalf. And that's exactly what He did. Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay for our sins, giving us an opportunity to have a relationship with the Father, a relationship for which we were created in the first place. In other words, God the Father opened the door of opportunity for you and me by sacrificing His own Son, giving us a chance to be forgiven and enter into an eternal relationship. Therefore, for you, it all comes down to A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner and that the penalty of your sin is death. B, believe that Jesus is Lord who died and rose from the dead for your sin. And C, confess and repent your sin by asking Jesus to forgive and receive you as his child. There are some of you watching this video and simultaneously hearing a voice in your heart saying, this is for you. This is what you've been searching for all your life. Let me tell you, that's God calling you and letting you know that He loves you and wants to forgive you. In a few seconds, I'm going to lead you in a prayer to ask Jesus to forgive you and grant you eternal life. There may also be some of you who have already accepted Christ as your Savior, but you have walked away from Him and you need to recommit your life to Christ. I want to encourage you to pray the same prayer as an act of recommitment. Remember, this is not a magical prayer. You are simply telling God that you understand the parameters of your relationship with Him. The prayer is our way of saying yes to God. So close your eyes and repeat this prayer with me in your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner and that the penalty of my sin is death. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He died and rose from the dead for my sin. I confess Jesus as my Savior. I repent of my sin. Please forgive me. I surrender my life to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you just prayed that prayer, let me be the first to say congratulations. It really is the most significant thing you'll ever do in your life. Would you make sure you tell the person that brought you to church today? Or find a pastor and tell them. It's been cool hanging with you today. We really hope you've been encouraged by the stories you've heard. So may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And it all comes down to this. Can you help me welcome some new people into the family of God? You prayed that prayer. Amen. Well, I hope that uh, video and those testimonies were as powerful and much of a blessing to you as it was to Shelly and I when we previewed it the first time. And I've seen it four or five times now, and it gets me every time. I'll never forget what Trent Dilfer said, that our Heavenly Father, God, volunteered the death of His Son on our behalf. What an amazing thought.
to take with us today. Listen, if you prayed that prayer of faith and it wasn't just empty words, you really meant it and you opened up your heart and your life to Jesus today, we want to know about it. We want to pray for you. We want to send you some information in the mail that you can just follow through that will help you in your next steps and walk and journey with Christ. So right now inside of your newsletter, there's a connection card. And if you prayed that prayer of faith, please fill that out. Give us your name, uh, your mailing address. Check the box that says, I accepted Christ, rededicated your life. Drop in the offering bucket when it goes by so we can continue to pray for you and send you that information in the mail because we are so happy and excited for your decision today. I know we had many people accept Christ in all three services. So can we just celebrate that again right now, Orchard Church? That's the best thing that can happen all day today is people's lives being changed for all eternity. If you're a first-time guest today, I met many first-time guests. Thanks for being our guest here at Orchard Church. We hope our service has been as much of a blessing to you as you blessed us with your presence. Hopefully you fill out your guest connection card and the newsletter, and you can drop it in the offering bucket when it goes by. We're not interested in your money at all today, first-time guest, but we're definitely interested in getting to know you. We'll send you a little thank you note and a free gift in the mail. If you are a first-time guest, I'll be standing out by the uh, white tent in the courtyard, so come by, introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you uh, today as one of our first-time guests. In just a moment, we're going to get an opportunity to worship the Lord in one of the highest forms of worship. That is giving back to Him what He has given to us. And so we're going to be receiving our tithes and offerings and worshiping the Lord in that way because we want to be a church that gives first because we have a give first God. Amen? And save second, so we create healthy margin in our lives financially. And then third, we learn to live on the rest, and that helps us to live content lives. Uh, We here at Orchard Church are blessed, we believe, to be a blessing. And so if you're here today, you're 21 years of age or older, and you have a need in your life for food, shelter, or clothing, when the offering bucket goes by, there always is a certain amount of just loose cash that people put in, you know, 5 or 10 or 25, whatever it is. If you have a special need in your life today, and we can be a blessing to you, feel free to take whatever out of the offering bucket that would be a blessing and help to you today uh, because uh, we believe it's more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? So we want to bless you in that way today. We're going to close in just a moment uh, with a celebration of something else I'm going to share with you. But, uh, you know, this worked pretty well. I didn't give any Broncos predictions all year long until the AFC Championship game. And I predicted 23-21, and it was 20-18. to So I only missed it by two, and I had the point spread right. And so I'm going to give you my Super Bowl prediction, if that's okay. I've done some homework, and let me tell you why I'm going to give you this prediction. Here's a couple of facts, fun facts that you need to know. Uh, First of all, uh, Super Bowl teams that go into the Super Bowl that were number one in defense as they go into the Super Bowl are 9-2 and in Super Bowls. We've got that on our side, 9-2, and all right? We have 18 players on the Broncos who have Super Bowl experience. Carolina only has six, so we're going to trust our experience is going to pay off. And then this year, the Broncos are 14-1 and when we keep the other team to 25 points or less. I believe in our defense today, so I'm predicting. Now, this is Pastor Doug's prediction. This is not God's prediction. I did not hear a voice from the Lord. This is not a prophetic word. This is just my opinion. 20 to 16 Broncos is my prediction. I hope I'm right. I hope I'm right. But listen, before we cheer on our Broncos and we celebrate hopefully a Super Bowl win, we got something else to celebrate this morning that's really even greater than that. Last week, um, for the month of January, we had 22 people who declared their faith publicly through believer's baptism. Can we celebrate that right now? 
So we praise God for that. So as we receive our gifts to the Lord this morning, we worship through giving. We're going to watch the video of those 22 people who went public with their faith. So God bless you. I love your church church and go Broncos.